0: Adam, it was just how they drew it up. Tanner Glass, right in the mix for the Conn Smythe.
1: Without a doubt, he has to be the front runner right now. I don't even think there's anyone who's even close. This is going to go seven games, isn't it? Well, not if Tanner Glass keeps scoring. <laughs> Arpan Basu from
0: lnh.com will join us in a few minutes. Here we go.
2: Welcome to Rangers Blue Line, covering the blue shirts from the Sny Studios. Here's your host, Brian Compton.
0: All right, welcome to the show. Brian Compton and Adam Rodder here with you in downtown Manhattan. We're going to speak with Arpin Basu from LNH.com. He's up in Montreal covering the series. Adam, that was a terrific atmosphere up at the Bell Center last night. Awesome.
1: It was so loud, you almost couldn't hear Sam or Joe or even Gord or Ray. It was, it was loud there. And uh, then it got quiet for a while, I think. So
0: A little bit, which is, plays into the Rangers' hands. That's what they needed to have happen. And, you know, I did a show with Scotty Farrell on CBS a few nights ago, and he was saying, oh, you know, the, Montreal, the Rangers can't handle Montreal. And I pointed to their success all season long on the road. If anybody can – I know that it's been a house of horrors of sorts for the Rangers uh, this year and in years past, particularly with Henrik Lundqvist, who was off the charts good last night. Um, but you take that – if anybody can go into that building and win a playoff game, it's the Rangers.
1: It's a regular season house of horror right. because they've won three of the last four playoff And games back-to-back there. shutouts for Hank, right? Yeah, he's been – you know, Montreal is obviously a tough place to play and the Rangers have been great on the road for whatever reason. But I, I don't think anything, especially with that kind of veteran group, that wasn't going to phase them and they played like it. I mean, Montreal – came out and blitzed them in the first half of the first period, and then the Rangers were just kind of like, yeah, okay, bring it. We know, we know that you're going to take your foot off the gas a little. We're going to increase, and we're just waiting for that. We know we can beat you.
0: It's a weird game, too, glass scoring, the, the only goal with a goalie involved aside. Rangers didn't look great in the first period, including Lundqvist. He stopped everything,
1: but it wasn't the tank that we're accustomed to seeing when he was on top of his game. A lot of juicy rebounds. It looked a little awkward. It was a it was a strange start for the Rangers. I think it was the start they expected. I think they expected little, to be blitzed little jitters, like or, yeah. And I think that there was probably a little bit of, you know, I think Lundqvist probably needed to make the first five saves before he could really feel like, okay, I'm, I'm here now, we're here. I think he needed to make those saves, and he needed to know that if he was going to make, that if there was a rebound, that the defense was going to clear it up, and that was all there. And I think that after the first few minutes, I think that everything sort of settled down for the Rangers. They were still outshot about a million to one, and then <laughs> yeah. Tanner Glass scored, which, again, you talk about million to one, Tanner Amazing, Glass. Right? Uh, but, you know, after the first period, they settled down, and I think they were the better team through the – the last two periods
0: and I think that was kind of not that I expected Glass to score nor did anybody else including Glass's family (laughs) no offense to Tanner Glass but I think that was the kind of shot that was going to have to beat Carey Price if the Rangers are going to be successful
1: it had to be some sort of like weird kind of play that was a gonna get the Rangers on the board and then stop Montreal and kind of like wait what just happened we've we've got 10,000 shots and this guy scored, this guy who's last on the list of guys who could possibly score, scores. And, you know, from there, the Rangers, I think just, you know, they found their way. They found their – especially when the second period started because then they blitzed Montreal. They really flipped the switch. And it started to seem like, uh uh-oh, if they don't get goal two here and then it's 1-1. This game could turn towards Montreal, but Henrik was just outstanding.
0: He really was. He was the hang from 2014, without a doubt. And we've talked about this every week since the start of the year, Adam. This is the Lundquist they need if they're going to be successful in the playoffs. And I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, but if he plays anywhere near as well as he played last night, the Rangers can go on a long run because I think they're going to get through this bracket.
1: I, I think so, too. I mean, if I think it's... There has to be some perspective when it comes to Longfist because he's not going to shut everyone out. Of and he's going to give up two, three goals, and the Rangers are going to have to find the way to score. But if he can find – I've kind of thought that, you know, this is the first time maybe since 2006 when he wasn't the best goalie in the, in the playoff series, you know, dating back to his first time against Marty Brodeur. Yeah. You know, it's not – you know, everyone thinks Carey Price is better than Longfist. I thought that going into this he was. Mm-hmm. And then if Lundqvist can match Price, the Rangers are going to win. Yeah. I think that that's the case. That they're too even that Montreal's biggest advantage, which is only a small advantage, if they can't exploit that, the Rangers should be able to win. They should be able to find a way to get two goals a game. And if Henrik's... Matching price, he's probably only going to allow one.
0: And it was nice to see the defense pick up its game over the last 40 minutes or so uh, because the first wasn't great, just like Lundquist. I know, again, he stopped everything, but he didn't look as comfortable as he did over the second and third periods. But McDonough Girardi was pretty good for the most part. Nick Holden was a mess in that first period. And you have to wonder. Not that Kevin Klein is the answer, but do you try to mix and match as as the series progresses here? You're
1: going to have – there's going to have to be some substitutions because the one thing about last night that, you know, was kind of expected was how physical it was. Yeah. I mean, the amount of blocked shots and hits being thrown and hits being taken, you know, you're going to need – you know, as good as Dan Girardi was last night, and I thought he was pretty good, you know, five hits, four blocked shots, whatever he had – that's going to take a toll on tomorrow's Without game. A doubt, yeah. And you're going to have to start mixing and matching. And, you know, maybe Kevin Klein comes in for one game and Girardi moves down to the third pair where you manage minutes. There's definitely going to be some shifting around. And Elaine Vigneault has shown that, you know, when you win, you go with the same lineup. But if you lose, even if you play well and you lose, you're probably going to make a change or two. And I think that that's kind of what's going to have to happen.
0: I can't say enough about how poised and how terrific Brady Shea is and has been and was in particular last night. He was phenomenal. He really was.
1: He's become a much better player than I expected. Than most, At least this quickly. Yeah, than most players. You know, most prospect people kind of like, you know, he's an NHL defenseman, he's a top-four guy. I'm not saying he's a top-two guy right now, but, you know, there are definite shades of what Ryan McDonough was in 2010-11 when you could see that, you know, this guy was a first-round pick for a reason. He skates, he plays the game, he plays the way the NHL is going. You know, the Rangers have a chance to have a real special player in Shea, especially when you look back at all the offense he had.
0: Yeah, and, you know... Uh, given how poised that he looks when he's out there, I don't think they should have any hesitation to play him even more and give him. More. If he has to play 25 minutes and up, then you play him 25 minutes and up.
1: I think you look at what happened in Boston last night, where Charlie McAvoy, who's three minutes out of social studies class, <laughs> uh, you know, was leading them. I think that there's de- a definite situation where Shea is going to be second to McDonough in ice time, and I think it could be you know as quickly as game 5 game 6 or certainly game 7 when the rangers are really going to need their top guys going uh, for most of the game
0: how about up front i thought yesper fast had a really good game but the whole fourth line was really the good the
1: fourth line was really good which is you know the, there's something there with tanner glass you yeah. know he he fits with those two guys and those fast and Lindbergh, they play really well together but there was definite energy there and one of the things that i was hearing Uh, listening to a lot of montreal radio the past few days was about how the canadians in their you know desire to get bigger and tougher became less of a skating team in the bottom six and those guys can all skate whatever you want to say about tanner glass he can skate Mm -hmm. and he can move and i think that they they definitely had a big advantage there and you know, with the rest of the guys, I think it's going to be. You know, Kevin
0: Hayes was kind of invisible for me.
1: Yeah, there were guys who were there one minute, there one minute, not the next minute. There was the moment in the first period where Carey Price came out to play the puck and Chris Kreider was going forward, and <laughs> I literally, guess. I literally thought that the world was about to explode <laughs> if Price hit, if Kreider hit Price. I I thought that that was the end of hockey right there. There would have been a riot. Uh, but, you know, Nash had a good game. I think, I think that Stepan and Zuccarello took a beating yeah, he did. all over the ice, and I think that that's something that, you know, you're going to keep an eye on as the series goes on when it's game six or so and he's got one or two assists and you realize, well, he's taken 65 hits for, all from Shea Weber in this series. You know, those take a toll on a smaller guy like him. Let's
0: go up to Montreal. Arpen Basu joins me now on Rangers Blue Line. Arpen, how are you, buddy?
2: I'm great. It's a glorious day in Montreal today, man. Nice and sunny. Springs on the way. (laughs) Playoff hockey weather for sure, right? Yeah. Playoffs help. I mean, they they go together, right? I mean, that's (laughs) kind of, they go hand in hand. They really do. There's definitely a different vibe in Montreal when the playoffs start.
0: Yeah, the atmosphere looked phenomenal for game one last night. Uh, Let's talk about that. I guess it was just how everybody scripted it, right? The two of the best goalies in the world, and Tanner Glass scores the first goal.
2: Yeah. Only goal, really. (laughs) that that, uh, of only goal that got past the goalie was by Tanner Glass, who spent, you know, all season in the AHL, <laughs> and who, you know, people, I think a lot of Ranger fans, were going uh, a little crazy over the fact that he was even in the lineup. And so, you know, makes for a nice story, but um, kudos to him, you know. Just getting a puck on net, a tricky backhand off a faceoff that I don't think Carey Price really expected a yeah. shot to be coming in that situation. And, um, you know, Tanner Glass using his superior offensive instincts and skills. To make the difference in a hockey game. Don't say that sentence too often. No,
0: never. That's probably the first <laughs> time and probably the last time. Um, <laughs> Henrik lundqvist was great. Um, last two periods in particular, uh, I saw you tweeting it as well. I was totally on board with what you were saying. The first period stopped everything, obviously, but looked a little awkward, a little uncomfortable. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I thought he looked really shaky and I thought he was kind of there to be taken advantage of for the Canadians. I mean, he's, he's hardly the first goalie. Who's had a bad first period at the Bell Center during the playoffs? Yeah. You know, especially in Game One, it it does have an impact on goalies. Him in particular, you know, he's got a history with that building, and it's not a good history. Uh, for years, the Rangers avoided even bringing him to Montreal and playing him here. They they used to, you know, it, he went so long between starts at the Bell Center just because of how yeah. much difficulty he had there. Um, and I remember going to the Conference Final in 2014. That was a big storyline. He hadn't played there since. I think it had been five or six years or something since he played a game at the Bell Center. So, um, you know, kudos to him for fighting through that and actually, you know, managing to keep the pucks out. Uh, but he was leaving a lot of really juicy rebounds in that first period. Seemingly inoffensive shots turned into rebounds in the slot. Uh, the Rangers kept the Canadians away from them, and the Canadians probably could have been a little hungrier getting those pucks. Uh, but first intermission, just like the Rangers' team overall, yeah, uh, they came out for the second period with a new focus and a new purpose. And, and you know Lundqvist didn't have to do a whole lot over the first seven or eight minutes of that period. I don't think they got a shot on goal in that time. Uh, but after that, the Canadians started to pushed back, and Lundqvist was there and looked a lot more solid and looked like the Henrik Lundqvist that we're accustomed to seeing. And I think at that point it was too late for the Canadians to beat him because uh, he wasn't going to let one in at that point.
0: Given how... Well, was played last night, and given how well the Rangers have played on the road all season, is the Canadians fan base freaking out today, like oh my God, I don't know if we can pull this off,
2: yeah, maybe a little, but I don't think as much as uh as much as you would think just because you know I mean, Sam will about last night, but I think everyone recognizes that that game could have really gone either way, and, and that the Canadians probably deserved the better fate with the first period that they played. Uh, and even in the third period, I thought they they, they carried the players for a lot of that a lot of that time. And so, but it you know the game really tightened up. There weren't a lot of quality chances. I mean, I could count on one hand the number the Rangers got in that game. Yeah. And I could probably just need a little bit more than one hand to get the number the Canadians got in that game. So I mean, you know, there there was it was a tight game overall. And I think, uh, but you know, regardless, it makes tomorrow a must-win for the Canadians, and a real opportunity for the Rangers to really to really put a nail in this. But again, you know, as you mentioned, as good as they've been on the road, they've been sort of horrible at home this season. So who knows what would happen if they go up 2 nothing and they go back to MSG. Uh, but as it stands right now, uh, the pressure is squarely on the Canadians to win that game. The Rangers can enter it really loose, confident knowing that their goalie played the way he did. Because um, that was a big question mark entering the series. I think you know. I think Henrik Lundqvist answered that pretty ably, uh, and so you know, there's going to be two totally different sort of mindsets going into that game 12.
0: Were you surprised at how well the Rangers defense played as the game went on? This has pretty much been their Achilles heel all season long.
2: Yeah, I was. You know, I think there's still there was still a couple of problem areas, but by and large. Uh, I thought they played a pretty solid game collectively as a group. I thought Ryan McDonough was really good. Yeah. Uh, overall, just sort of the way he is. You know, I mean, this is, you know, if if, if the Rangers defense was a band, it'd be Ryan McDonough in the lead, and then like five backup singers. <laughs> <come> back, sort <laughs> That's of. Right. So uh, I think uh, I think we saw that last night. Uh, he was he was tremendous. Uh, I thought you know Girardi had a couple of difficult shifts. I thought. Uh, but had that one shift where he laid out Pacioretty three times on the same shift, and you saw Pacioretty felt that on the bench, uh, and that's kind of, I guess, you know, why he's in there. Uh But, yeah, I think as a whole, especially in the third period, I thought they really locked it down in terms of preventing the high-quality chances, even though the Canadians were spending more and more time in their end as they were pushing to get the tying goal. They didn't really get any big, huge amazing scoring chances over the course of that time. So I thought the the Rangers' defense, which was probably the other big question mark uh, for the Rangers, uh, stood tall when they needed it most last night.
0: How important is it for the Canadians that doubt doesn't start to creep in as far as the lack of offense? This is kind of the same old story with Montreal in the playoffs. Carey Price is great, but they're not scoring any goals for him.
2: Yeah, they do have to avoid that. I thought it was really telling when I asked Max Petretti about that after the game. He said, I don't think about that. <laughs> I try not to think about that. that was it was you know, he, he quickly corrected himself, so kind of admitting that maybe he does think about that every now and then. Uh, but for guys who have been here a while, Patrick, Gallagher, uh, you know, Markov even, even though I don't think anything really faces him, but um, you know, this is this is pretty much a new team. I mean, their last playoff game was in May of twenty fifteen when they got knocked out by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the second round. And uh, they were saying the same things that they were saying last night. You know, it was just like I was listening to the guys talk, and I was like, I know I've heard this somewhat before. And I sort of looked back at my files. And I'm like, oh, look, I wrote a story two years <laughs> ago. Pretty much the same quotes, Different players, because there's been a lot of turnaround since then. But pretty much the same deal. You got It's great to make, it's great to have scoring chances, but you got to put them in the back of the net. You know, at one point you got to finish. So last night the Canes had some chances, especially in the first period, to sort of, you know, put the Rangers on their heels, get the crowd going. That crowd was just waiting to explode for a goal. And they just never got the chance, you know. And so uh, it's going to be really important for the Canadians in the first period especially to take advantage of that atmosphere, take advantage of that adrenaline rush uh, and actually kick it up another level and and get the crowd into it because they never really had an opportunity to get behind them last night.
0: Last one before I let you go. Given how tightly played this was, given the quality of goaltending on both sides, you still get the sense this is going six or seven games?
2: Yeah, but I think I think we have that sense already, especially yeah. with the goaltending matchup being what it is. Uh, I would be surprised if it went less than six games. I still feel that way. Uh, even if New York wins tomorrow, I still feel that way. I mean, that's how, that's how much I think that this is just an even matchup. I mean, I don't think there are two teams built more similarly yeah. than Montreal and the New York Rangers. I mean, it's really, really, the, it's like looking into a mirror. And the interesting part of that is that when Michelle Terrien was a coach here, not only were they built similarly, they played a very similar game. You know, Alan Vigno plays somewhat of a rope a dope, if you will, and like waiting for counter punches, waiting for quick strike attacks off mistakes. And it's very much the same way Michelle Terrien coached. Claude Julian does not do the same thing. So so that's been that's changed the dynamic between the two team teams a little bit, but um but they're just so evenly matched. Uh, I thought the difference for the Canadians would be the fact that their defense overall is better than New York's defense overall. Yeah. Uh, but the way that defense played last night, that's a really good sign for
0: the Rangers. Yeah, they can skate for sure. It's going to be a fun series. Arpen, great stuff. Thanks for a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
2: Okay, take care, buddy. Thanks, buddy.
0: Thanks again to Arpen Basu. You can follow him on Twitter at Arpen Basu covering the series for NHL.com up in Montreal. The thing I take away from the Canadians' perspective, Adam, and I talked to Arpen about this, is does doubt start to creep in because they probably went into this game thinking, well, it's Hank, and he doesn't play well here, and we'll get a couple early, and we'll rattle the team, and you know maybe we'll go up we'll co- we'll come back to New York up two games to none but instead Lunquist was the Lundqvist we've we've seen in the playoffs in years past
1: I don't know if doubt is there yet but it's at the door yeah. it's knocking if the rangers go up one nothing or possibly two nothing by the second period tomorrow uh, of game 2 then at that point you have to think okay uh Radulov Petretti Galchenyuk's going to move off the fourth line yeah. which is the funniest thing to listen to people in Montreal talk about. Uh, But I, th- I think it's there, but I don't think it's there just yet. And I think that something that they're going to hold on to, even if they're down two games, is how bad the Rangers have been at home yeah, this season. Crazy. So I feel like, you know, from one side, it's, you know, we got to get to Henrik early and show that he can't play in Montreal. Well, he did that, and now it's kind of – the situation where, like, if the Rangers go up 2-0, everyone's going to be thinking, oh, this is over. And then, you know, if you remember game three in 2014, the Rangers lost in overtime. Yep. Uh, and they were much better at home that year. <laughs> so uh, I think it's a situation where Montreal is probably going to be like, you know, we hope to score, but we're also pretty sure that, for whatever reason, we can score six goals on the at the Garden.
0: Tanner Glass scoring again aside, do you anticipate – Almost the carbon copy of of Game One.
1: Yeah, I I don't see how you can really make any
0: like Arvin said they're so evenly matched. I mean, they, they, you're going to see a lot of two one one nothing games here. I think.
1: I think that it's probably. I mean, maybe Columbus Pittsburgh is as even, but like these are two teams that I think that you. It's really like a toss up of a series when you really go down and you look at everything. It's two teams that play you know similar styles. You've got they're built with their goalies and you know. Need you know as much as the Rangers have scored this season I still don't view them as like the big high scoring team that their oh, numbers right. you know and Montreal's got goal scores you know Max Pacioretty scored before he's going to score again like you know Paul Byron I didn't even know who that guy was three <laughs> weeks ago he's got 20 goals you know they've got guys who are going to score they're probably going to put up four one night and then everything's going to be fine and at the end of the day, it seems like it's been Game 6 or Game 7. It's already been decided. Like, it's going to go that far. I think the Rangers are going to be
0: okay here. I thought they were going to win the series before it started. A lot of people aren't been the Canadians, I think, to either win the Cup or go all the way to the Cup Final. I don't think they're that good.
1: Otherwise, you'd get kicked out of Montreal. <laughs> right.
0: Um, but... As long as they play okay at home and they clean up the things that we saw in the first period, which wasn't good, like I said. I thought Brendan Smith, we didn't talk about him. I thought he was really good last He was too.
1: physical. He was throwing hits. You know, all these – the Rangers played a, a different game than we've seen them play in the last month, two months. And I think that there is something to be said. And Elaine Vinos has kind of alluded to this at times. Like, you know, we were locked into our spot for a long yeah. time. We knew we, there wasn't much of a chance we were going to get up into the metro. I'm not sure they really wanted to get up <laughs> yeah, there I think either. They're okay where they so are. So I think it's been a situation where it's been, you know, kind of like, you know, we don't want to take our foot off the glass. We still want to play uh, foot off the gas. I, I said glass. I cracked it. Of cup. course. <laughs> uh, it's all about Tanner Glass here. He's the Smythe champion. Whether or not the Rangers win the Stanley Cup or not, he hates right. it for scoring. Exactly. You know, they they were able to play fast at times last night. They Rocket Richard was able to get a goal in Montreal, even though it was an empty netter. You know, there are definite signs that the Rangers could find themselves on a run, but it's one game, yeah. and you have to see how tomorrow plays out, and you have to see how Sunday. I think after Sunday, we'll have a real kind of look at, you know, okay, now we know – what these two teams really are. They've played three games. Maybe Montreal hasn't scored by that point. Maybe Longfist <laughs> hasn't allowed a goal. I think by then we'll have a real idea of okay, this is, we all think it's going to go seven. It's definitely going
0: seven. Yeah, I, I got that vibe watching this, watching this game, uh, game one last night for sure, that this is going to go six or seven. I think the Rangers are going to win, but uh, it's not going to be easy these teams are too evenly matched. Great show, Adam. See you next week. Thanks again to Arp and Basu. Thanks for listening to Rangers Blue Line. We'll see you next week.
2: This has been Rangers Blue Line, part of the SNY.TV audio network.